thank you for being so over the top. All I try to do is give the information in my head to all of you and make sure that you have success. You, if you have success, I have success. Whether it's karma or you want to hire me or you follow me, any of those things. If what we talk about here translates to your business, that's a win for all of us. And I truly mean that. I think Linda knows that. And there's a few others on this call that that I do know. Uh, Susan, great to see you, who know that as well. And um, if you've heard me talk, you might hear some of the same things that I've said before. But I think we're going to say them in a little bit different way, in a little bit different context today. So um, I also want this to be interactive. We've got a small ish group. I know more people will join and there'll be people in the background that may be driving and can't jump on. But if there's something that I say, put a message in the chat and let's get your answer, your questions answered, because this should be a working session. So when you leave here, you can instantly take what I tell you to make money. Um, and one of the things that I promised Linda, and we've talked a lot, is not to talk crap about other people, but there's a lot of presentations that have a fair amount of fluff and are really built on come hire me and I'll give you the real information. While I would love for you to hire me, I'm not going to turn down your money. I want to make sure you walk away from this with like, oh my God, I can actually go do that right now. And that one thing will change my business. So I'm not going to hide anything for the next hour of our time together. Um, I want to make sure that that this was a good hour of your time, not because you're waiting for the big reveal at the end, but because all through the presentation, you're going to see things that you can make small tweaks. One of my coaches used to say, small hinges swing big doors. And if you can make one of those small tweaks that make a big change in your business, um, you're going to love Linda and you're going to love me. And um, you're going to support us going forward uh, with all of our endeavors financially and otherwise. So um, I want to make sure that we stay to time. So I will share my screen. Uh, we did a test and it worked. So let me make sure that uh, it works again. And well, it almost mostly worked. Um, so does everyone see my screen? All right, perfect. So I will be checking the chat and I think it'll pop up if anyone makes any comments in the chat throughout. Uh, but what we're going to talk about is how do we look at Q1? How do we assess what Q1 was? And what are some of the metrics that we can use in the rest of the year? So for this next hour, Q1, how should you assess what it was? What are the lessons that were learned and what are the building blocks we can use for the next three quarters? What are the numbers that you should follow and how to do it successfully? This presentation is going to be um, numbers from a financial standpoint. There's a lot of people on this call and that will see the replay that want to make more money through the rest of the year. I know some of you may not be in a money-making mode. Maybe you need to streamline your business. Maybe you need to fix your operations. Maybe you need to do other things in your organization that aren't financial. Just know that I'm going to put it in a financial context, but each one of the categories can be easily turned into an operational context or a uh, cost-cutting context or a community outreach context. So we're going to do a financial presentation, but know we can use it another way. And I'll jump on the phone with you and look at your exact goal and use the same metrics just with a little bit of a tweak. So don't get too caught up in the financial side of it if that's not what you're here for. And then I'm going to give you the strategy to have a killer 2023. I have a set strategy that I use for my clients 
And candidly, it works for making money. It works for losing weight. It works for raising your children. It works for hiring and firing. It is five steps that can be tweaked. And I want to become part of the way you think. And then it will severely and beneficially impact your business. So a little bit about me. I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and started my first 15 years there. My parents moved me to Scottsdale, Arizona in high school, which is where I went to high school. I went to college in Atlanta at Emory University and spent four great years there. And this was pre-Olympics in 1996. I graduated in 94. So Atlanta was a very cool place to be during that time. And then, unfortunately, I graduated in a recession with a history and poli-sci degree. Some of that history and poli-sci comes out in my business teaching because I'm very context-driven and history tells the future, which is why I love this presentation because I'm going to give historical context. So with the history and poli-sci degree in a bad economy, you don't get a job, you go to Europe and backpack around, which I did, but that was my first taste of entrepreneurship. I was there, I started a business, my partner and I got 15 clients um, through word of mouth marketing, and I was like, this business thing is easy, I'm going to go do this. But that's where I started, that's sort of the formative years. I come back to the States, and I had a picture kind of like the one you see there, only without the pretty window it was an office without a window, but I had a computer and a phone, and I was dialing for dollars in the financial service industry and bringing in clients for financial advisory. That wasn't as easy as it was the first time, right? For all of you who've had to dial for dollars a little bit, it's not a whole lot of fun, and there's a better way to do it. We can talk about marketing in, an, in another area, but I turned that into learning more about business, not about my clients, but learning about business which is where the coaching came in. And because I was so poorly successful in that role, I needed to find a new thing to do. Like I understood coaching from a sports standpoint. I was a marginal athlete in high school, but I had coaches in tennis and in swimming. So I found a coach, invested myself and found a system to follow, which is what I want to show you part of today. I followed what others had already done and been successful. And if you do that, you have more success than if you don't. I was one of those people that always thought I was smarter than everyone else um, with varying degrees of success. But once I actually started to listen to the things people told me and just did them, I was able to then put my own tweaks on the next step rather than tweaking it beforehand. And I had more success. I ended up doing 45 real estate deals in 18 months. And then I helped in the coaching side. Once I was doing those deals, people came to me. And I helped four coaching clients grow from under six figures to over seven figures within two and a half years, 22 cross over a million dollars in annual revenue, over a hundred and change cross that hundred thousand dollar mark who were struggling to get over it. And countless others double from wherever they were to wherever they, whether it was 50 to a hundred, a hundred to 200. And that was where my passion was. I love working with business owners one-on-one -on -one because you've got a lot of great talents. You've got a lot of stuff in your head. If I can be that business guide on the step-by-step, -step, that's where I really thrive. And that's why I'm so happy to be here. Um, a couple testimonials, and we're all going to put the good stuff people say about us. Uh, we're not going to say this, Adam sucks and I hate him. But my favorite is this first one. This is a financial advisor. This is a guy who his team wanted me. He necessarily didn't. But they needed help. And he said, I'll sit there for two days if my team wants me there. And my favorite line, you likely changed the direction of my firm forever. That was after two days because I took what was in his head onto a whiteboard. His entire team knew what it was. 
and they went on to double the size of their business and eventually sell for a, a whatever, 10-figure exit um, last year. But a few other people said really nice things about me as well, um, and I'll send you those if you want. I want to start with um, the rules I live by, and there are two main rules that I live by with everything that I try and do. Some of you may listen to this presentation and say, well, yeah, Adam, I already know that. Well, you might. But I live by these two rules. I'm asking you to be a little bit curious for the next 45 minutes and put aside what you already know. And let's think about something a little bit different. The first rule is start with obvious. As business owners, we tend to overcomplicate every step of our business. Sometimes it's like, I need more customers. Well, we're like, well, what I should really do is I should do a webinar that leads to a masterclass that leads to a landing page. Well, no, you need to do the obvious thing. Talk to more people, right? And so why overcomplicate things when the obvious a lot of time works? If you want to lose 10 pounds, you eat less, work out more. We don't need to go down the, the keto or zone diet or intermittent fasting. Now, those things may work. But the obvious one is eat less, work out more, right? So I always start there. And second, if you don't do the basic, the complex don't matter. And don't judge me on my grammar, but it really doesn't matter if to, what the complex is if we're not doing the basics. So we are going to cover a lot of basics today. And if you master these basics, the complex will really be easy in the future. So if this is simplistic, it is built that way because I want you to do the obvious and basic things in all of your businesses because it'll make everything a whole lot easier. So who are we here? Each of us is at a different point always. We got some big businesses, some small businesses, some starting, some still thinking. Each slide will apply to all of you. No matter where you are, I've done this with businesses that are with startups that have no business and I've got clients that are doing 10 million plus in revenue. And all of these things still matter in each of those businesses because every day it's a new day, something else comes up and we got to do the basic stuff to make that work. So what to know when looking at any time period and we're talking about Q1, it's just a time. It is not a life-changing event. We, we like the calendar in business, right? Q1 ended. That doesn't mean Q2 is going to be the same, good or bad. It was just a time. So what do we learn from that time? And you can't change it, so don't try. And you might not replicate it. If Q1 was good, that doesn't mean Q2 is also going to be good. You got to stay vigilant. If Q1 was bad because it was a weird quarter, inflation-wise, economically, weird banking crisis at the end of Q1 that might not be crises, that doesn't mean that's going to replicate in the second quarter. So understand it, learn from it and start Q2 new, which is why we wanted to do this at the beginning of the quarter. It's just a data point. And don't overthink it, but learn what you can build upon. If things didn't go well, what can we learn from that? Don't dwell on the bad, but dwell on the learning from it. If it was good, what do we keep doing? And don't obsess, good or bad. That's not going to serve you. Well, I don't know the saying, you want if you're mad at someone, it's like drinking hemlock and hope they die. If you obsess over the last quarter, your next quarter is not going to be successful. So evaluate what happened. Where were your metrics? And put in the chat, who tracks their metrics on a regular basis? Yes or no? If you are tracking your metrics, this is the interactive part. 
Um, just put yes or no. No one's going to judge you. And if you know your numbers, your financial data, the changes that you implemented, the number of clients you serve, it's very easy to then know where those small hinges for that big door you're looking to, to turn. And now I'll move my slide because I got my chat up. Uh, now it's broken. There we go. Um, did you hit the goals you wanted? Many of us probably set goals at the beginning of the quarter. Did you hit them? If yes, awesome. Keep doing it and maybe make bigger ones next time. If you didn't, there are probably reasons why, which may not be your fault, but what can we learn from it? Do you know what to review to understand what happened? Like if things go bad, do you actually know where to go? Is it the numbers? Is it your activity? Did you get bogged down in something? So these are all the things that I want you to think about and write down on a piece of paper. Do I, I know what to review? If I don't, let me figure out how to. Are you happy, sad, frustrated, exhausted? Probably some of each for all of us, even over the last probably 18 months because of the economy being up and down. And if you're on social media, just the noise that is out there. Um, and whatever your answers are to the above, it is your new starting point. It is not an ending point. It is what happened and now we've got a new starting point and we kick off today with the next steps of where we're gonna go forward. So how do you look at your numbers? As I was saying, numbers are just a thing. They just are. Treat them that way. If they're bad, say, here's where my number is. I wish it were better. If they're good, awesome. How do I keep it there and increase it? But they are just a thing and up or down only matters in terms of context. For those of you that are super into the accounting side of your business, and I love it if you are, um, because you will have your expenses, your income, your cash flow statements, and you will see some things increasing and some things de decreasing. Increasing is not always good. If your expenses are increasing, but your revenue is decreasing, that's not good, right? So we wanna look at the path of those numbers and put them into context. What do they mean? And is the direction good or bad? Do you care? If I've got an increasing expense number, but I also have an increasing revenue number, I might not care that I've got an increasing expense number. Maybe I want to go buy shiny stuff, or maybe I wanted to invest in new computers for my team, right? So Ask yourself when you look at numbers, what direction are they going? Are they good or bad? And do I care? If I don't care, let's move to the stuff that we care about. And now, once we know that we care about, what do we do about it? How do we change that direction or how do we continue to enhance that direction? And again, don't obsess. I'll probably have this on like nine slides. Don't obsess the good or the bad. This is the number side of the business. The people that are less passionate about the success of their business but more passionate about the success of their clients and the people they serve, oddly, are more successful. If you're overly passionate about your business and you, your clients suffer, which means your business suffers. So don't obsess over it. Just know that they exist and this is your starting point. Some things go up, down, some things go up. And don't overly laugh at this next thing, but I'm not very good at PowerPoint. But most people's numbers look a little bit like this. They go up, they go down, they go in circles, they confuse us, but they stay relatively flat. 
on an ongoing basis, which is why many businesses never get into that real growth mode or that hockey stick mode because they get caught where this yellow line is. So what do we do about it? And what should we be tracking? And again, this is from a marketing and growth standpoint, but look at it from a lens of I'm trying to streamline my operations, translate lead flow into conversations that I'm having with my team. Conversions, how many people are saying yes? If you have a million leads, but no one says yes, stop going and getting leads. Let's work on your conversions. Is that number going up? I never sell leads to my clients. And I'll do something at the end for all of you who say you want leads. I don't want to take money out of vendors' pockets, but many people are spending money on leads and not converting them and they're wasting their money. You do not need any more leads in your business today. I will show you that you need zero leads at least for the next month and maybe the next year, and I'll give you how. So we'll work on conversions. And that, if you're doing something internally, are you getting buy-in from your team, right? How many people on your team are agreeing? This is how you think about it from an operational standpoint. How many people are buying from you again and again? It's seven times cheaper to keep a customer than it is to get a new one. So are your customers buying from you again and again? Right. And that could be financially or that could be eyeballs. Like in my social media, I have people that I know are following me because I see them on my social media again and again. Right. That's a repeat customer that will translate to dollars. But if you've got leads, you're converting them. People are buying you from again and again. Now you've got pricing power. So track that number. Do you have the ability to raise prices? Are you raising prices? Do you have to lower your prices in order to get sales? What is your pricing power? Again, making it operational. What is your buy-in? Are you getting people to stay with you in your organization to the new software you want to implement or the changes you want to make? Are you getting those things? And that's your pricing power. And lastly is profit margin. Profit margin has 50 subcategories under it. And you'll the more you know those numbers internally, the better we know our profit margin. But if we always know our profit margin, now, every lead we get, we know we're going to convert. We know they're going to buy again and again. We know we've got strong pricing power because we're busy and clients love us. And we're doing so at the highest level of profit that we've ever had. And now we can make all of those tweaks. So hopefully that makes some sense from a numbers standpoint. Now I want to do something a little visual on it. If you know these, they are your success advantage because we know what to work on in the business. and. I use this profit growth calculator using those five areas. And I don't want to get overly mathy on on this slide, but don't worry about the numbers, but worry about the trajectory and what they say. So just start with a thousand leads. You get a thousand leads into your business. You convert 25% of them. 10% of them they buy 10 times a year. They do so at $100 and your profit margin is 25%. Again, don't worry about what these actual numbers are, but worry about where they go. So you do this, that's 250 customers, that's $250,000 in revenue at a 25% profit margin, that's $62,500. Okay, pretty straightforward math. But what if you increase that by 10%? In this middle column, 
You go from 1,000 to 1,100. You go from 25% conversion to 27.5% conversion. You, that's 250 clients to 302 clients, or it could be 10 to 11.5. Instead of buying 10 times, now they're buying 11 times. Instead of paying $100, they're paying 110. That turns your $250,000 revenue business into a $365,000 revenue business. And that, a 10% change, you could do that and you're not going to pay anyone to do it. You could do it just by spending an extra 15 minutes a day focused on these different areas. And that profit goes from 62 to 100. Now that's a six-figure business. And those are easy changes to make. So now let's do what we really want to do. What do we all want out of our business? We want big changes. So let's go 50% in each of these categories. 50% more leads, 50% better conversions. Now we've doubled, more than doubled our clients just by being better in two things we're already doing. Now, instead of buying from us 10 times a year, they buy from us 15 times a year. And instead of paying us 100 bucks, they're paying 150. This is where the math gets kind of fun. That business goes from 250 to 1.25 million. And that's not doing anything different, just being a little better in each of these five categories. And this is why I believe it's so important to know what your numbers are, because if you know what they are, now we can make the tweaks to make all of these things naturally happen. If you do A, B, and C, D will happen. Hopefully that makes sense. If we've got any questions, put them in the chat. I'm happy to... Um, to review those and to get a little bit more specific into your business. But now our profit margin, again, up 50% from 27% to 37.5% goes from $62,000 to $475,000. And that's just by making a 1% change every week for 50 weeks. You still get two weeks vacation, so you can go out of town in the summer, you can hang out with your family between Christmas and New Year's, you don't have to do anything those weeks. You do it the other weeks. And these are the types of results that you can have just by understanding the numbers that you're looking at. And again, after the presentation, those of you that are not in a growth area will make these same categories for what you're trying to achieve in your business. That'll be my give to, to you and everyone here is to do this with you and for you. But just know that exists. Knowing your numbers allows you to do this. Not knowing them makes it a challenge because we don't know what we're fighting. So we're going to go back to the same slide that we did before. And now let's think about it in terms of your numbers. Now that you know some of the categories or the key categories that most businesses look at that want to grow, that up or down, again, only matters in terms of context your leads, your conversions, your repeat customer, your pricing and your profit margin. Are those things good or bad? Where am I? Do I care? You might not care about the number of times people buy from you. You might say, you know what? My conversions are only at 10%. If I get that to 20%, I don't have to spend as much on marketing because I'm going to make more money by being better at converting. Or you say, Adam, I've got leads and I've got conversions, but I'm not really good at getting people to buy from me again and again. Well, now we look at your business and say, what is the next logical thing someone that hires you might also want? 
right? So now you can get them to buy from you and be a repeat customer. So we will look at these things and the direction and tweak all of them or tweak the most important one or two. That's going to be a business decision that you make. But the this is why numbers are important. So we want to look at your Q1 numbers and say, all right, where do I want to make my tweaks in Q2, 3, and 4? And we're going to start with this as our baseline. Make sense? Hands up, say yes, nod, all good things. All right, cool. So what do we do and what kind of framework do we do to make those changes, right? It's easy for me to say, get 50% more leads. It's easy for me to say, increase your your sales and your profit margin. Because some of you are like, dude, don't you think I'm trying that? And most of you probably are. So what is the strategy that we can implement for the rest of the year. And again, this is the strategy that I use for everything. Um, the next six slides will provide a framework for everything to do in your business. And I mean that truthfully. If you think in these next six categories, when you do anything, you will have more success. I've seen it over and over. And it's not because I'm all that brilliant. What I did is take what I've learned from other people, tweak it a little bit into a framework that's easy to understand and is clean so you can do it. It can be applied to sales, hiring, firing, members, bringing on partners. And again, it can be used on losing weight. It can be used on cleaning the house. And I'll show you why. Um, and candidly, if we got business owners, let's make some money, hire someone to clean our house. They're better at it than we are anyway. But everything you do can be viewed through the following framework and it's proven successful for hundreds of my clients over and over again. And using this framework, I got one of my clients to be stuck in a corporate job, get promoted twice, and then get hired away to the tune of tripling your income. And that was in a corporate job. That wasn't in her own business, just by doing these exact things. So it works in corporate, it works in personal, and it works in your own business. And the first is to create your story. Time and time again, people really don't know what they want. They might say they know what they want, but they really don't and haven't actually spelled that out. If you don't know what you want, how are you going to know what to do to get there? And the clearer you are on what you want, you will naturally do things to get there, right? The mind works in weird ways. If you've got a target to hit, you're more likely to hit it than if you don't. So write your biography. And I write 30 years in the future because a lot of my clients have big dreams and long-term business goals. But if you have a short-term thing, I need to fix this one thing in my business, maybe write it 30 days in the future. In 30 days, this is what I want it to look like. I want a streamlined system where my employees put information into a system and it spits out the answer for me as the business owner to be able to track my metrics. And maybe that's a short-term goal, but write that out. What do you want? Take the vision of what you want and then look back. And now we're going to use that as our building block. It's really critical to know what it is you want. And then we outline the steps to make that thing a reality. And there are things like your vision and your values and your ideal client and who you're talking to. They're all part of it because your vision is going to be, I want to work with these people who do this thing, but outline it. And the next step is going to be to utilize your strengths. As business owners, statistically, we spend more than half our times on things that we are not good at and we don't like doing. 
We'll get to that next. But what if we spend our time on what we are good at doing? And this all feeds back to the numbers, and I'll show you in a sec why. Know what you're good at. And here, here's the big one. Do more of it. If you are doing the things that you're good at, you will have more success. So if you think about those five categories, leads and conversions and customers and profits and, and pricing, which ones are you good at? Like I'm good at this, or hopefully you think I'm good at this. I'm good at talking to people and getting them to be like, Adam, you seem pretty smart. And I like the things you say. I want to learn more. I'm really bad at doing content for my website or building Facebook ads or making content for daily social media. I can do a video, but I need someone else to edit it and put it out there, right? So if I do more of this, more speaking, more thinking, more like putting obvious things into really simple ways, that's good for me. So I want to do more of it and I want to do less of the stuff I'm bad at. So utilize those things you're good at and those will feed those numbers that you want to feed. Then you want to supplement your weaknesses. Stop doing the stuff that you don't like and that you're bad at. There is somebody better, faster, cheaper than you to do those things. Just know that to be true. And if you're doing the things you're good at and creating money and you're hiring people to do the things that they're better, faster, and cheaper at, now you're going to be able to do more of what you're good at, which is serving your clients and making more money. So you can hire them. You can outsource them. You can buy them. You can automate them or technologize them. If you think of those weaknesses and you use these four things, you will now have more capacity to do those things you're good at. And your last choice is to learn them. I'm not against learning new things. I think it's important that if you have employees that do, that do things, you know enough about it that you can at least know if they're doing a good job. But if you spend your time learning stuff and fixing your broken stuff, you're not going to be as successful. In school, for some reason, you get a D in math and they want you to do more math but you get an A in English and they're like, oh, you're good at that. Well, why not spend more time in English and be like, yeah, math, we've got calculators. Well, that's an American schooling system issue. We can you know, debate that over cocktails. But supplement your weaknesses with other ways to do it. If you do these three things, you know what your story is, so we know what target you're going to hit. You're doing the things that you're good at and you're supplementing your weaknesses. You are likely going to have more leads. If you're bad at getting leads, but you hire someone to get them for you, you're going to have more leads. If you're bad at conversions, you know what? It's not a bad thing to hire a salesperson. A lot of us like to do our own sales because we think that's an extra special secret sauce. Well, if people don't say yes, it's not. So maybe that's an area where you outsource things. Getting repeat customers, maybe it's creating other items. I saw Sarah on here, like she's going to design other clothes. If I buy a top for my wife, maybe I want a skirt. She can sell me multiple things. I say, but if she's spending her time on her accounting, she's not doing great design work. So maybe she can hire that out. So just some examples. Next area. And this is the one mindset thing. You guys probably had a lot of mindset people. Lynn and I talked about it. Mindset only gets you like 1% of the way, but it is 1% important. So I'm going to talk about it here. And that's to tailor your expectations. We live in a goal-setting world. It's a $50 billion industry, books and courses and seminars and trainings and New Year's resolutions, goals, goals, goals. But I'm going to tell you to stop setting goals. 
because 90 plus percent, probably more like 98% of goals never happen. We all say and we never do them. And we wonder why, because it's just a goal. It's just an idea. We don't actually put any real meat behind it. And we don't set goals for others. You expect. So you didn't set a goal or Linda specifically didn't set a goal that I would show up and hopefully bring great content to this presentation. She expected it. She's seen me speak before. We had conversations. I made a commitment to her. She didn't say, I hope Adam shows up today. She said, I expect him to. And you all expected it as well. Right? At a base level, if you flip on a light switch, you don't have a goal that the light will turn on. You expect it. You don't even think about it. If you have a client or a job, because some of us still are in the W-2 world, you don't have a goal that your paycheck will be in your account or you didn't in those days and in your business now. You don't have a goal that the money will be there. You expect it. So why do we put expectations on everything else in our life? but we set goals for ourselves. So I want you to set expectations for yourselves because goals are dreams. If you expect your success, it will happen. So how do you do that? By doing the three things I just said, four things, if we include the numbers, know what your numbers are, know what you're aiming for, do the things you're good at, outsource the things that you don't like or are bad at. The natural result of those four things is hitting the number of your expectation. You will expect more success because you're doing those four things rather than if you just have a goal. If you've got a goal, I want to make 100 grand, but you expect to make 25, you're making 25. You just are. But if you do those four things and you have an expectation you're going to make 100 because the metrics say you are, you know what? You're going to expect it and it's going to happen. And you're going to be bummed that you didn't make 125. So I'm not asking you to reduce your goals. I'm asking you to increase your expectations. So end of mindset training. But keep those expectations in mind. Get rid of the word goal. Turn it to expectations. It will make you do different activities. The next area is to optimize your environment. And that is your full environment. There are a lot of people, myself included, that have been caught where you've got a stack of papers on your desk to the right. And you get into your office in the morning and you look at the piece, piece of paper like, ooh, this is important. And you move it to the left-hand side of your desk. And you do that and you go through the whole pile. And at the end of the day, you're like, wow, I did some good work today. I moved this pile from there to there. And next thing you know, two months go by and you haven't been doing revenue producing activities. You're not tracking your numbers and your data. You're not doing the strengths that you have and you wonder why your business hasn't grown. So how do we optimize our environment? We clean up our messes. If you move a piece of paper from one side to the other and don't actually do anything, you don't need the piece of paper. Like it's obviously not that important, so throw it away. That's true for your task list. That's true for networking events or speaking engagements. If you're not benefiting from them, stop doing them. So clean up those messes. I have a nasty habit of watching TV. I don't actually watch it. I just like the noise in the background. So I move the remote control in my office to on top of the TV. I now have to get up, walk through the TV, pick up the remote to turn on the TV. That's one of those little optimization things. That now I could move the TV out of my bedroom but or out of my office, but I'm not going to do that because I still like the noise, but I have to consciously do it. And now I listen to music through Roku and whatever. 
Um, if you were going to lose weight, here's a really good example. And you had cookies in your cabinet. You open cabinet, grab cookie, insert in mouth. Pretty easy. You want to lose weight, you throw away the cookies. Now, if you want a cookie, you've got to find your keys. In some states, you still have to find your mask. You've got to get in your car. You got to drive to the store. You got to find the cookies. You got to pay for the cookies and hopefully get home before you eat the cookies. Those are eight things that are roadblocks to eating cookies. So what are the cookies in your business? What are the things that are distracting you that are getting in your way that aren't putting you in an environment for success? Because when you sit down at your desk, if you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, and you're utilizing your strengths, which are all part of that story and utilizing your strengths and supplementing your weaknesses, you're going to do eight hours of work in four hours. And if you work a full hours, you're going to double your business this year. And so optimize your environment in the best way that you can. Another way is a stop doing list. Instead of write down things to do, write down things to stop. Stop playing on social media. Start advertising on social media. Stop having reading my email first thing in the morning. Whatever's getting in the way of your success, all of us are different. But write down a list because that'll make it top of mind. And then the final area of those five categories is if you do that every day, you come into a mastery stage. So you list those, live those five steps above. If you live them and begin to do them daily and outline them for all aspects of your business, so your marketing will have those five things. Your operations will have those five things. Your um, accounting will have those five things. It's not all inclusive for your business, although you want that. Each category of your business has those five things. And so you'll be doing only the important stuff and you'll hire outsource the rest. You review them regularly. You will begin to do them automatically. You won't have to think about them. And this is the mastery stage. This is the core of what I work with my clients on and why my clients have gone from under six to over seven is because they live that life. And now they're automatically thinking of all these things without having to be like, oh, which step am I on now? And that's when you get into a mastery stage, just like all of your expertise in all of your businesses. Now you do it unconsciously or subconsciously or both. When someone asks you a question, you know the answer and you can just tell them. You don't have to look it up. You don't have to look at your notes. You do it automatically. So how do we bring the numbers and the strategy together in the final three minutes? I want to leave some time for Q&A is look at your numbers in those five major categories and um, anyone who wants the deck, I'll send it out or I'll get have Linda send it out or you'll all have the replay so you'll see it there. Look at those and then create subcategories. What are the subcategories under my sales, under my strengths, under my marketing, under my leads? And look at those five categories and then review each with the five strategies of, do I have a story behind it? Am I using my strengths for it? Is this something I hate or I'm bad at? Is my, are my expectations set for it? And is my environment in a great place for this? Right. So if you look at all the categories and you look at the five things and bring them together, it actually works really easily and really well. And I like to compartmentalize. It's the way my brain works. If yours doesn't, we can talk through it a little bit. But if you do those things, it'll make it really clear where your time is best spent. And that's what these things work well. Are you playing to your strengths and weaknesses? Is your environment right for the success that you want? 
Do I expect success in these areas? Do I even know what I want? And your greatness in your fields with this will crush the rest of 2023. And as I said in the beginning, I know for some of you, this is pretty easy stuff. You might know it all, but I'm going to bet that a lot of you aren't doing it all. And if you begin to do this stuff, you take those numbers, you focus with what's good, what's bad, do I care? And you implement steps for the rest of the year to make those things have value. Your business will expand in 2023. You will hit the goals you want and you will crush the rest of the year, which is what I promised in the title of this. That is what I wanted everyone to know and get the 2023 you really want. This is very step-by-step and I know that it's not super sexy and I didn't give a whole lot of fluff of all of the wonderful things and the cars and the gold and all of the things that you can have that other people might put in their presentation. I'm not really good at that. This is the extent of my PowerPoint anyway, is bullet points. If you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're doing it for, you are on the path to have more success this year. And here's the last thing I want to give. And this is the one marketing thing I want to talk about, because all of you need to know this, regardless of if you want to grow your business or not, is that your phone is a gold mine and we are not using it successfully. And here's why. Your phone has uh, contacts are the closest people to you. You actually had to do something to put a human being into your phone. You had to type their information in. I know some people have QR codes and it's super cute, but we don't really use those, right? You actually say, hey, give me your number and you type it in. This is not clicking a ad friend on Facebook or connect on LinkedIn. You know these people. They didn't get there by accident, but less than 20% have any idea what you do. They couldn't hire you if you were the one person they needed in the world. They don't know what you do. So what do you do? We're going to categorize every person in your phone. And there's four categories. People that likely don't know you and don't know what you do. And we all have those people. Scroll through your phone and you'll be amazed how many people you have no idea who they are. But they ended up in your phone because you were at a networking event and you spent three minutes. You're like, totally, sure. We should totally connect. Give me your phone number. So you've got those fours. The threes are people that probably know you but don't know what you do. The twos are people that definitely know you, but may or may not know what you do. And that includes friends and family. Ones are people that know you and know what you do and are likely to think of you, to refer you or to hire you or to support you. So the goal is to convert the fours to threes, the threes to twos, the twos to ones, the ones to clients. Now, not everyone in your phone is gonna be a client. But there are people that are mentors or guides. Same thing holds through. true. If they don't know what you do, they can't give you advice. They can't tell you, hey, Susan, for your business, you need this. They can give you general advice, but if they don't know your business, they can't give you specific advice. They could be joint venture partners, people that you can do business with, but if they don't know what you do, they can't partner with you. They can't come to you and say, hey, I want to work with you. Maybe we should collaborate. And don't collaborate. Make them come to you with an actual plan. Collaborating means you do all the work and they get to ride your coattails, but that's for another day. But if nothing else, 
think about your phone this way, because if you think about your phone this way, now we're going to translate it to LinkedIn. We're going to translate it to Facebook. We're going to translate it to TikTok. And then we're going to open that drawer of business cards that's sitting next to you, unless you cleaned it out during COVID, that you threw cards in there and never looked at again. This is why you have all the leads in the world and you don't need one more lead. They are all starting in your phone for at least the next month. And you can probably add 10 to 20 to $30,000 to your business just by getting the people in your life to know what it is you actually do. So-